Hey guys, with Divine Healing by D. Today I have on April Hanna. She's the founder of Hanna's Healing Wellness Studio and co-founder of a media production company in upstate New York. And she has been providing over two decades of clinical mental health counseling in combination with a variety of healing modalities and consciousness studies to our clients around the world. After co-founding her media production company, Path 11 Productions, in 2008, she went on to produce three documentaries on life after death and consciousness studies. She's the host of the Path 11 podcast and recently launched her first streaming network, Path 11 TV. She has interviewed over 350 of the top best-selling authors, scientists, and researchers of consciousness on her podcast and has delivered more than 10,000 Reiki and energy healing sessions to our clients and has spent countless hours documenting, investigating, and filming topics related to grief, bereavement, and afterlife studies. After uh, losing her mother tragically in 2019, she immersed herself further into the study of the afterlife. She's now made it her life's mission to use her film production company and one-on-one consultations to help others become better prepared not only for their own death, but for the death of their loved ones. And she's been so kind to give a coupon code for my listeners to get 40% off the annual subscription to Path 11 TV with the code LAUNCH40. That's 40% off the annual subscription to Path 11 TV where you will get tons of documentaries, videos, films. It is great. So hope you guys enjoy the episode. My name is April Hanna and I am a filmmaker, a producer, and a licensed mental health therapist. Great. And we're going to talk about your production company and basically what loss means to you and grieving and what and your journey with your partner, M- Michael, how it all started. I want to really get to know about how that came to be because it sounds so interesting when I was looking you guys up. Yeah. So, yeah, I wanted to start with the me- the word loss and what it means to you. And do you think it's like a different meaning for everyone? Well, I definitely think it probably holds different meanings for everyone. And if you asked me what loss meant back before 2008, I probably would have had a much different answer than what I would say today. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, that's kind of like where the the journey started. You know, I have been a mental health therapist for over 20 years. And back in 2008, I decided to break away from um, an inpatient psychiatric hospital that I was working in, because mm-hmm. it was just starting to kind of rub against some of my beliefs and things as I was moving more into a spiritual path and really trying to understand about the afterlife and mm-hmm. loss and death and, and all of that. So I went into my private practice. And that's when Mike had contacted me mm-hmm. um, out of the blue, wanting to make a documentary about uh, Reiki. And uh, so anyway, we ended up getting together. And I said, well, you know, I have a lot of spiritual teachers who have been in the field for like 25, 30 years, maybe we should talk to them. And I think, you know, before 2008, I would have said, you know, loss and grief, death, you know, when death happens, our life just kind of dies, maybe we go to heaven, because I was brought up in a Catholic background, Mm -hmm. uh, religious setting, and I, I would my belief system was more like there's something up there somewhere with some God. And mm-hmm. that's probably where we travel to, but I really didn't know anything else. Right. And then when I started to really research more about the afterlife and death and bereavement, I realized that I really don't even think the word loss 
in, in my vocabulary exists anymore because I really see the soul as a continuation and that the physical body and earth is just a vehicle and an area that the soul incarnates into to have experiences mm-hmm. in order to evolve our consciousness. So, um, yeah, and, and I can go, you know, a little <clears throat> bit more into it, too, because I recently had a loss of my, my mom that died mm-hmm. pretty tragically back in 2019, with, which also, yeah, which also shifted the paradigm a little bit, too, you know, it's like here I am studying death and afterlife, um, you know, since 2008, and then my mom transitioned in a pretty tragic way, and it made me kind of take a look at everything that I had been learning since then, you know, what these things about soul contracts and having, having an understanding that even though her physical body isn't here and we don't have a relationship physically, that the relationship totally expanded once she transitioned. So, and I could feel that and sense that. And do I have proof of it? Not a whole lot, except for my own testimonial, my own experiences, you know, but I think there's so many testimonials out there about people connecting with others um, in the afterlife that we can no longer say that it's, it's just an experience, you know, like that. It's not proof. It's proof to me. (laughs) Absolutely. Do you think that you doing the research and learning about it helped you prepare for your mother's passing? Do you think it would have been, it, it had, right? Absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, when we're t- we talk about fear, right? That's mm-hmm. one of the things that you really focus on in your podcast. I would yes. say that I definitely had a fear of death, mm-hmm. um, you know, like afraid to die. I didn't want, I don't want my death to be painful, you know, right. afraid of losing people or leaving people too early and too soon. And that paradigm really shifted once I started investigating more about the afterlife and interviewing people that have had near death experiences and engaging in different types of healing modalities myself in my own private practice and having really mm-hmm. um, esoteric experiences to be able to feel other dimensions and see into other dimensions and have an understanding that, wow, earth is not the only place. Right. So I think, um, you know, what I learned with soul contracts and how energy doesn't die, it just transforms. And then all of the mediums uh, that I have communicated with (laughs) before my mom's passing, you know, and understanding how mediumship works uh, really helped me to know like, okay, even though her physical body isn't here, I can still connect with her. I can still communicate with her. I don't even need a medium to do that. I mean, I can do that on my own. It's amazing. I love that. Yeah. So um, I definitely, now it was definitely hard. I'm still going through the grieving process of Of it. Of course. Um, There was still some, you know, post-traumatic stress that I had gone Mm -hmm. through as well. But, um, but I would say if I didn't have kind of like this library of resources, you know, through my own podcast or, you know, our spirituality network that we have, and even the documentaries that we made, I think I'd probably be in some really deep, intensive clinical therapy right now. (laughs) Um, But I haven't needed that. You know, it's just um, really what I've learned has been like my toolkit and my coping skills and my mechanisms to move through the grief. Amazing. Did you watch um, on Goop, on Netflix, Gwyneth Paltrow did that episode on mediums and how they said that studies show that if you actually see a medium after a, a large death or loss it's actually helps you with the grief 
Yes, I did watch that series, and I absolutely so love that series. Oh my gosh, me too. <laughs> so good. I know all my friends are like, "April, this is right up your alley." Everyone's yeah, texting right? me. Did you see the Goop, you know, documentary? I was, and I checked it out. The interesting thing about that, just a little mm-hmm. synchronicity, the medium that she interviewed, two people bought me her book. It's called Signs. I forget the oh, medium's name. Oh, that's amazing. Name. Yeah, two uh, people. Laura, Laura Lynn Jackson. And they, I think that might be it. I think that's what it is. Yeah. So t- that book came to me twice by two different people after my mom died. That's amazing. Um, that's so interesting. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing that I've um, been involved in for about three years now is the Afterlife Awareness Conference, mm-hmm. it's called. Um, and that, that, founder of the conference, she includes shamans and mediums and, you know, clinical people and doctors and scientists. And it's a really amazing conference that blends all different areas and mediumship. I would say, um, if it is done in the right way, Mm -hmm. ethical way, moral way, yes, definitely goes hand in hand with bereavement and grieving. Mm. Yeah, I totally agree. You have to just find the right one. Yes, exactly. You have to ask around. You have to go to someone who you trust, but it could mm-hmm. really help you. But what do you tell the people who say there's no life after death? Um, well, I mean, I allow people to have their opinions. Yes, um, exactly. You know, and that's okay. And it, it could be a possibility too that maybe they may be saying that because they really haven't had any extraordinary experiences right. um, that could really prove anything different to them otherwise. And maybe, maybe they find that comforting because my other thought that I had sometimes is like, wow, this is exhausting if this life really is eternal, like Mm -hmm. it just never ends. And I've talked to people that have gotten really freaked out about that, about the fact that like, what do you mean? This just keeps going. It never ends. So there's probably also something comforting about thinking that this is a a one and done deal. And there isn't anything else after that. And I could see if somebody adapted that belief, Mm -hmm. um, I would sure hope that they were living life to the fullest, right? Because like you say, we only live once. And if we really only lived once, if we really knew that, (laughs) I think we would be hustling. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And living life so different. I totally agree. When people say that to me, I'm like, uh, no, I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back over and over again. And then I just get looked at like I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know the conversations I've had or the people I've spoken to or what I've heard or experienced. I have to remember that. Right. <laughs> um, what's your favorite part of healing from grief? Like, what did you find very just comforting and relieving about it? Was there any part that you found... Yeah. So um, one of the things, you know, through my journey, I've worked with a lot of shamans. So Mm -hmm. something that I found really comforting, I did something really different with my mom's um, ceremony. Now, traditionally in our family, Mm -hmm. you rent out a funeral parlor, there's a casket, uh, there's a wake, it's usually an open casket. And then, you know, you go to the ceremony, you go to the church, and then you go to the cemetery. Mm-hmm. And um, due to a lot of different circumstances, uh, because my mom was hit by a car. So oh there really wasn't an ability to have an open casket, um, right. you know, and we decided to have her cremated. So that right mm-hmm. there just kind of changed everything traditionally of what my family would do. Right. But one of the things that I learned uh, throughout the years is how to grieve in more of like a shamanistic way. Mm. And I did a water ritual 
for my mom. Yeah, it was a grief ritual. And usually in different shamanic cultures, they say water allows us the ability to cleanse. Yes. um, To reconcile, to Mm -hmm. bring up our tears. And um, many traditions usually use water rituals for grief ceremonies. So I had learned about this a few years back and I basically used my best friend's house. She had the summer house up in a upstate New York and decided to just have a small ceremony there. And I created altars all throughout the living room. I had an altar to honor nature, the mineral kingdom, Mm -hmm. earth, fire, and water. And, you know, we had candles and I had bowls of water and the color blue and everything like that. And it was a really different type of ceremony. I didn't know how my uncle, my mom's brother, Mm -hmm. how he was going to react to this because he's like military, retired military, Air (laughs) Force, you know, but like he totally got into it. It was really cool. That's great. And, um, and it was really a different way to grieve. And Mm -hmm. I found that just, um, creating these altars. And, you know, I was like in it for about three hours before people had come and, you know, placing flowers and getting stuff from nature on the nature altar and, um, you know, taking pictures of the ancestors, which were on the fire altar to represent Mm. the fire and pictures of all of our deceased loved ones. It was a really, really beautiful ceremony. So I found that really comforting. Um, And the other thing I would have to say, I have just because I have interviewed so many people on my podcast Mm -hmm. too, no really good legit mediums I had a really beautiful session with a medium by the name of Austin Wells Uh, so I'd love to share her name out to your listeners yes please it was a really different type of mediumship reading. You know, you have evidential mediums, right? Mm-hmm. That, um, and she's, she's an evidential medium as well. Okay. Um, that is basically, they can give you evidence that there's no way anybody else would kind of know that. Right. You know? um, and then you have maybe some mediums that can be a little more general, like, oh, I'm getting a sense of a female, um, maybe older. Is this your grandmother or mother? You know, and it's like, mm. they're kind of guessing a little bit, but Austin Wells is phenomenal. And the way that she did her reading with me was almost as if it was like me, her and my mom sitting down and having a conversation. And she really like channeled my mom's personality. I felt like I was able to close some doors and, you know, just have some things buttoned up that clearly my mom and I didn't have a chance to talk about before she passed. Mm -hmm. And it was a really different type of mediumship experience that was so healing. Like I felt like there's no need to ever go to another medium again because I had the conversation that I needed. Yeah. So I found that really comforting. Um, And more recently, you know, I have to thank you for having me on your podcast because just this year I decided to um, start talking about it, you know, and. Oh, wow. I'm honored. Yeah. Given the fact that I have, you know, my, my platforms with Path 11 Productions and, you know, I've been researching the afterlife and talking to people about grief and bereavement. And then Mm -hmm. bam, I get slammed with a pretty heavy, you know, duty lesson here. I figured, you know, I'm about a year and a half into the grief and I've done Mm -hmm. some good work there that now it's time for me to probably talk about because there's a lot of people out there who have experienced the death of a loved one through more of a tragic death. And it can be very layered. It's, you know, every death and every type of grief and bereavement carries a different type of energy to it, you know? 
Absolutely. So I said, all right, you know, I kept getting the push, kept getting the signs, like you have to tell your story. And I'm like, oh gosh, okay. (laughs) So I started to reach out to people like yourself and say, okay, who would like to hear my story? And, you know, just kind of putting it out there and going from there, hoping that somebody will learn something, hear something that can help them on their, their path as well. Uh, April, thank you. I'm so honored to Mm -hmm. listen to it. Thank you for sharing that. So back to soul contracts that you just like told me about the rituals you did for your mother. Do you think also with forming a partnership with Michael that you and Michael had some sort of a soul contract and obviously your mother and you had one for sure. Like, do you believe in that more? And like, do you know what you are here to do with them? Yeah. Um, you know, I, it's still like ever evolving. I do, I do believe in it and it makes a lot of sense to me. Mm -hmm. Um, the first time I actually heard about soul contracts was when I was making our first documentary, the path afterlife. Mm -hmm. And I interviewed one of my Reiki masters and she was the first person to talk about, uh, soul contracts. And she referenced a book, like the little boy in the sun or something like that. And she, she told the story basically about how people in our lives, like, Mm -hmm. you know, we, before we come into the physical body, we sit up there with our soul group, right? They say we Mm -hmm. reincarnate with the same soul group over and over. Yes. You know, we take upon different forms. Like I might've been a male in a past life. Maybe Mm -hmm. I was my mom's mother, which I Mm -hmm. think was the case in a past life. Um, You know, maybe Michael and I could have been married in a past life or brother Mm -hmm. and sister, or maybe we worked together before. Um, And that basically our soul group volunteers Uh, to kind of like take missions on to help us evolve and grow. Yes. So, you know, my mom might have, I might've said, okay, um, I need, I don't know. (laughs) There's so many lessons, probably my mom and I had, like, maybe I said, I really need to learn how to be strong in this lifetime. Mm -hmm. And my mom said, okay, I will volunteer to be your mom in this lifetime, but I am going to give, I'm going to have to take on darkness. Yes. And I am going to have to give you so many things to be courageous about and to be, and to find your strength about, but I'm going to have to do it in ways that are going to be really tough. You know, and the way the whole because my mom also struggled with addiction. I don't think I mentioned Mm. that she was, you know, an alcoholic for a good part of her life. She had a lot of trauma growing up, Um, you know, tapped into alcohol and drugs at a very early age and, you know, had bouts of sobriety throughout her life. But it really it really was a wild ride with her. Um, And so I learned how to be strong, how to be independent Um, how to basically thrive and, Mm -hmm. you know, survive for myself. So she was one of my best teachers. And I really give her a lot of credit to a lot of the success that I've had because she provided me a foundation where I really had no choice. I had to find that that inner strength. So I do believe that uh, I have reincarnated with her. I know I've been told that by various people that I've had, you know, healers and mediums and stuff like that. And I think we were here to teach each other something, you know, and I was also a teacher for her and same thing with Mike, you know, it's so funny. Like Mike and I had a lot of synchronicities meeting up. We're the Mm -hmm. same age. We were born in the same month. 
wow. uh, one week apart. We <laughs> both have blue eyes. Um, and my mom said if I was a boy, she was going to name me Michael. Okay, so I think you guys are probably <laughs> brother and sister. <laughs> probably. Yeah. I mean, it's just amazing, you know, like all these little oh synchronicities. I, that I got chills. Yeah. So it's, um, so I definitely believe that, you know, Mike and I have a soul contract mm-hmm. and, you know, we're brought together to, I mean, clearly we were, we have some sort of chosen path yes. to, awaken the masses which feels like a lot of responsibility sometimes I'm sure you might feel that too as being a podcast host I do I just try to let it go over my head and just continue to do the work yeah (laughs) yeah so I do look at everyone um that I come in contact with even you you know yeah as even though we may only meet each other for a half an hour in this lifetime Mm -hmm. this may be the only conversation that we have somehow some way you and I also in a past life or you know just deciding to come together for this small little moment you know Mm -hmm. to either bring our audiences together or you know share our experiences together I, I I don't feel that you know that some of these relationships or even small little blips in the radar of people that come into my life is completely random. There's some, I totally agree. I totally agree. I have an interesting question. Mm -hmm. Basically let's go back to people you have interviewed who have suffered a loss. Did anybody ever discuss watching their loved ones asking for forgiveness, gathering people around them and saying like I'd like to apologize can you bring so-and-so to me I want to speak to them before I pass have you heard those stories with the people you've interviewed and the importance of like asking for for forgiveness before you pass um gosh I am sure that I've had Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard so many kind of death stories. It's kind of hard to pick one out, but it's funny. Yeah. It's funny you asked that question because you're probably channeling my aunt that's passed, which is which oh, is my okay. mom's sister, because that happened with us. Oh, interesting. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we had. I don't even remember what ended up happening, but like my aunt and I, um, you know, there was a year when I was in sixth grade where my mom was really struggling with mm-hmm. her addiction. So my aunt took custody of me, and I lived with her and my uncle for a year in sixth. Okay. it's like traumatic I was so pissed off right like, I'm sure schools at that age yeah um so she was kind of like a mother figure to me and we always had like a really good relationship and then like something in the family just kind of broke down a little bit I think like in my 30s and we had a little bit of a disagreement and we weren't as close and mm-hmm. you know she had gotten cancer and was going through chemo and stuff like that but we really didn't talk as much as we as we used to and when she was dying she called for me and mm. asked for me to come. And we sat and we hashed it out. <laughs> and yeah, so it was really, it was really wonderful. And, um, and it wasn't so much where she needed forgiveness, or I needed forgiveness. It was more mm-hmm. about making amends, like, okay. on on her deathbed, realizing like, this is stupid. Like, why, why do we even remember? We laughed about it. We're like, do we even remember why we're not talking? I'm like, not really. I mean, it's been like, so many years, I'm not exactly sure. And so like, we laughed about it. And, you know, she was able to talk to her side and say how she felt and same here. And, you know, we hugged and 
she had a very active death and um, you know, my cousin and I, which is her daughter, mm-hmm. uh, we were very interactive with her when she was crossing over. Interesting. Like, we were like, what do you see? She's like, I see, I do see the light. It's getting closer. Like, do you see grandma? And she's like, I do see people, you know? So like, we were like, wow. really asking her questions to tell us what she was experiencing and seeing. And then she talked about hearing the music and, you know, we couldn't hear the music, but it was, that's the first time I've heard of music. Yep. Yep. It was really interesting. So I do think that that's important. I was also, um, you know, trained as a hospice volunteer Mm -hmm. um, back in 2008 when I started this journey, because I wanted to learn more about death and the transition process. Mm -hmm. But I'll, I'll tell you, there are a lot of families that, gosh, um, you know, if everyone felt compelled to stand around the dying person or to have those talks, uh, there would be a lot of healing happening, but you'd be really surprised at how many families will continue to hold grudges. Yeah. And, and be angry you know <laughs> you might be channeling part of me um <laughs> I have a question this just came up I don't did, was your mom sober when she passed no she was not she was not because oh. you know I've read a lot of things as well and I've spoken to a lot of people and they say like once you complete the mission or the lesson that you had to learn in your lifetime, you pass over. And I'll give like one story. I had a classmate and he and his mother had issues like beyond, like it was really intense. And the night before he passed, they solved their issues and they hugged and everything was good. And the next day he passed, he passed away. And when she went to different healers, they told her, well, you know, he was here to, fix his relationship with you because you've just reincarnated with him and have had a terrible relationship a hard relationship and he fixed it and he had to go that was his mission and once she heard that she was she could accept the grief and she was able to heal from it Mm -hmm. so that's why I ask I was wondering was she supposed to get sober like was that her mission like was that her goal and just wondering yeah well she well the interesting thing three days before Mm -hmm. the accident um she had just gotten out of rehab so she she, yeah she had I think she might have been in the hospital for five days and went through detox got out but then in those three days um you know started drinking again so um you know I'm not really sure I just you know it's just interesting how it happens um you know, at some point this year, I do plan on reaching out to the driver, mm. um, you know, that hit her because I also worry about him Aww, a lot. And you're such a beautiful person. Yeah. But when you think about the timing, right, the mm-hmm. timing and synchronicity and like how crazy this life is sometimes it's like he was the chosen one, Yeah, you know, and And if you think about the timing of her walking across the street and it was Mm -hmm. after midnight, you know, I think there was Uh. a whole argument going on with her boyfriend. It was like very chaotic, you know, Mm. of what the pieces that I could put together. And then this guy's coming home from work, you know, at work in a night shift and his life changes that same day as mine, you know, and, and in some ways it was a gift that he was able to relieve her from the suffering that she endured, you know, in this lifetime. And I think that my understanding and what my mom has said 
coming mm-hmm. through to mediums is yeah. that, and, and I know this to be true. She never wanted to be in a nursing home. Okay. You know? um, and that this was really the best way for her to go out. Wow. So she communicated that through the mediums. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yep. She's at peace with how it happened. And yes, absolutely. And, no and it seemed tragic. like, yeah. And it seemed like that it just needed, needed to happen. And I learned, you know, a lot of things too, because I was like, well, is her soul okay? You know, mm-hmm. if she wasn't in, if she wasn't sober and then there's this traumatic accident, cause I've heard of lost souls. I'm like, is my mom a lost soul? Like what's going on? Like I had, oh, to, right. I had to consult with like other people because I didn't know what my belief system was about that. You know, or I don't even know if I had one, but you know, and it was interesting because a lot of the people and teachers that I had talked to really felt that the transition was very easy. And I have one oh, teacher that good. says there's no such thing as lost souls, you know, and that there isn't confusion. But then, you know, I met with a Native American shaman who mm-hmm. believed that, yes, she needed some help in crossing over. So really, Oy, that's... so it's confusing, you know, yeah. and interesting. And that's where I would caution some people too, like around yes. loss is that I think you just have to, you have to come up with your own feeling of what feels right intuitively, because every healer, as much as we'd like to say that maybe we try not to have strong belief systems, everyone is coming from some sort of belief system. Very true. So they're going to look at it through the lens that they're used to looking at it. And then it's like, if you start going to like, you know, three, five, seven, 10, 15 people, (laughs) You're going to get too many opinions and too many belief systems that are going to like really screw with your head. Absolutely. Just stick to like one or two, maybe tops. Yeah. Wait, so lost souls are supposed to be souls that pass tragically? Is that, what's the... That's what I've heard. I've heard heard. that, you know, like people that, yes, have that have been in accidents or that Mm. commit suicide or Mm -hmm. that maybe overdose um you know that there's some sort of tragedy where it was unexpected to them and they didn't know that they were going to die or that they died tragically or took their life um that that the soul sometimes need needs help going to the light what about the people who are like terrible like the serial killers and you know rapists murderers yeah. Well, well I mean, think? you know, that's interesting because I had a conversation and this came up in the first documentary that we did in the afterlife. Mm-hmm. And it was also another one of my healers where she said, we have all been a rapist. We have all been a murderer. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you believe in reincarnation, yeah. um, you know, that as much as we might like to judge those people, think about this. Well, let's go back to the soul contracts again, right? So what yeah. is that person who is the murderer possibly teaching a family of, you know, the person who was murdered? I mean, we'd like to judge and say, well, that that's a bad person and that's a good person. But ultimately, if we really believe in these soul contracts, if we believe in reincarnation, then we're volunteering to play these roles in different lifetimes here and out. So really, who are we to judge to say, you know, should that murderer go to heaven or be at peace? Or should that murderer's soul be locked into a state of, you know, some, some abyss somewhere so that they can't transition? You know, I just, I I don't, I don't think that the universe is that unkind. If you really go into the oneness and the love um, and like you were talking about the forgiveness, I think, I think we're all just doing the best that we can with what we've got. And it's, it's tough to be here. (laughs) It is. So, uh, yeah. Wait, do they see when someone's passing, do they get premonitions before they pass? Did you experience that when you were acting as an aide? 
Um, well, most of the people in hospice were already asleep. <laughs> so this is uh, like a whole other story. But I was communicating with them in thought form. So I was mm. doing I was doing my own investigation um, at the time. So I would ask them, knowing that they, at this point, they were like clearly transitioning half in the right. body, half out. So I just started talking to their souls. And I started asking, do you know when you're going to pass? Mm. And they would give me, they would say three days, five days. And sure enough, like I did this enough times that it was accurate every single really? time wow. I was told. Yeah. But um, deathbed vision. So I interviewed Raymond Moody and mm-hmm. Lisa Smart. That's another um, great reference for your audience. And yes. they did a whole study on deathbed visions of okay. people who were transitioning and they kind of have like a language where they might say, oh, I have to go play golf now, or I have to go to the dance or, you know, it almost sounds like that the people are regressing, you know, or being like a little childlike or that they seem to be confused, but really they studied like this whole language of the dying and deathbed visions that people who are dying have. So I have heard of that. There are people that that are researching that there's books on that um and raymond moody and lisa smart would be definitely a a resource i'm gonna look into them later thank you you're welcome oh that is so much information and great and thank you so much for coming on where can everybody find you reach out to you if they'd like to yeah, sure. I'd love to give your podcast listeners yes, a coupon code. Yes, please do. Okay, please do. so so basically, um, they can. There's a lot of different ways that they can find me, but what I really wanted to share with your listeners is our spirituality network that mm-hmm. covers all of these topics of the afterlife. And that website is Path Eleven TV. They can use coupon code Podcast Thirty to get thirty percent off either their monthly membership or annual membership. We do have a free seven day trial, mm-hmm. but when you sign up for the trial, they should put that coupon code in. So if they decide they want to subscribe, uh, they'll get 30% off. And uh, then that gives them access to over a hundred hours and more, you know, we are loading stuff every single, every single month up there uh, to be able to watch and to start on their spiritual path. And each month we also bring on actually Austin Wells is our guest this month, June 9th. She's coming on and uh, we offer a free hour kind of zoom event for our subscribers. So we have like a psychic medium that's coming on in July and he'll do a gallery reading we've had shamans on um other mediums life coaches and stuff like that so we try to give a little extra perk for being a member or a subscriber so they can find all that information at path11tv.com and if they're interested in my podcast um, my podcast is path11podcast.com and then my own personal business on the side where i do healing work both in person and virtually is hannashealing.com great thank you so much april Thank you for having me. Good luck with everything. We'll speak soon. Okay. Take care. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I just wanted to give you a friendly reminder. If you like what you're listening to, if you like my content, if you like my podcast episodes, really appreciate ratings on Apple reviews, subscribe, share to your friends, family, anyone you really think would benefit it. And thank you always for the support. Have you guys heard of Rakuten? It's where you can shop all your favorite stores online and make money. Yeah, you can make money. I have made thousands of dollars 
Granted, I've been on it for a while, but if you're someone who's an online shopper, you need to sign up right now. And you can use my invite link. That's Rakuten, R-A-K-U-T-E-N dot com slash R slash Divina 141. Rakuten dot com slash R slash Divina 141. Happy shopping and make some money.